Ladies and men of the gentle disposition, welcome back once again to Doom Radio, also known as Tango TV, the only Doom podcast with two names. Wow. You know me as Alfonso, and today we are joined by uh, uh, two people, actually. Um, Tarnsman just sort of blew in off the wind, that's the expression. Just came in of his own. He's like a household cat. I can't keep him out. You know, apparently I'm supposed to have the jurisdiction, but he just comes in of his own accord and plonks himself. Well, whatever. Okay, you'll hear him ask questions from time to time. Just try not to pay him too much heed or mind or whatever. Huh. The guest for today is Andrew Stein, a.k.a. Linguisa, um, a.k.a. the head honcho. The uh, co-founder of Doomworld, along with Mordeth, and I think I think his name's Iducros. Anyway, he left some time ago. Mordeth, of course, is still with us. Uh, but Linguisa has been tearing it up recently, ever since he returned from his hiatus to run his own show once again in 2014. Really interesting stories to how he managed to reintegrate. It's a kind of a self-sabotage, really. You'll hear him explain it in depth. So thank you very much uh, to Ling for finally appearing on the podcast. Actually, it's my fault, really. This this thing was arranged initially way back in April, but due to a combination of tragic circumstances, um, the smallest of which was definitely not my laziness, uh, it was delayed until last Sunday. So finally able to get that sorted for you. Um, and definitely has nothing to do with the fact that WXR is continuing to step up its production uh, and talking to Doom devs while we're sitting on our laurels. Nothing to do with that at all, okay? So don't don't even ask the question. Um, speaking of which, if you uh, have been paying attention to the forums recently, particularly the multiplayer branch, you'll have noticed that there's been a bit of a stoush between 40 Ants and myself. Looks a bit fabricated, kind of put on. Big flashy neon signs uh, without the actual neon signs. Uh, advertising a duel to the death, not in real life. Of course, that, that would be murder. This isn't the 18th century. But a doom duel. There's going to be a doom duel to declare which is the uh, superior podcast, the fairest podcast of them all. That will take place at 6pm EDT on the 15th of this month. So definitely keep your eye on the forums, on the status updates. Uh, and purchase reserved seating. Just, it's not actually monetized. Don't worry about that. Definitely just, just rock up. Plenty of seats. Virtual seats, actually. Shall I, Belfonzo? Okay, great. So here's the interview <laughs> with Doom Radio, Linguisa, and a cat. Um... Well, my name's Andrew Stein. I go by Linguisa, which is apparently the most difficult nickname to pronounce in the known universe. Because <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not, sh- yeah, I'm not sure how many people have ever gotten it right the first time without having to be- look it up in the dictionary. Th- this is the thing with internet nicknames: is like if you know you're of a certain age, and then it's just something you came up with in like 1997 when you were, you know. 15 years old and then 22 years later you're still using it because you know how are you going to change it at this point so I sympathize so did it yeah, just happen no, to be a sausage or what oh, well <laughs> no it's so i mean it's it means it means it literally means nothing because how it came about was i was in eighth grade i believe and we had gone on some sort of class field trip to, and we ended up going to a pizza place as part of it. And I was looking at the ingredients and one of them was this thing called linguisa, which is a Portuguese sausage as you probably know at this point. 
And for some reason, I just thought it was a funny word because I'd never really seen it before. Because I'm not, I'm not one for Portuguese cuisine usually. And so, you know, the next week or thereabouts was the first time that I ever logged on to an IRC channel or, or some sort of chat medium. And I had no idea what to use as my nickname because I didn't really have like a nickname. And so I just figured, oh, hey, I'll just use linguisa because that's a funny word I heard the other day. And, you know, in 2017, here we are. And that's how hundreds, if not thousands of people exclusively know me online. Rip. That, that is, uh, that, that is, you know, I can sympathize with that because, uh, that's also my nomenclature, although at least you're tied to a sausage and not a, a series of very questionable not, books. That's it's funny. Cause I've heard about the, the gore series of books for years and it only what? recently, it only recently occurred to me that the first one was called Tarnsman of Gore. And I, was, <laughs> and I was like, you know, in retrospect, that kind of makes sense now that I think about it, but. Yeah. What I'm really interested to know is how you fit, how you square your your focusing on the website and maintaining it, and trying to publicize it uh, through you know stuff like Insta Doom. We'll get onto that later. Um, with the actual content that the community puts puts out, which is obviously increasing tenfold year to year. So, do you get to play many of these like big offerings um, at all, like Ancient Aliens, anything like that? Uh, how much time do you actually devote to playing the game versus running the website? Uh. Actually, and this is my dirty little secret, but I really don't play Doom that much at all. And I never really did. I was always more, I always uh, was more interested in the community aspect of it than in the actual game itself. I mean, not because I, you know, don't like it or anything, but it's just that, uh, you know, I, I'll play a little from now and then, but after about 30 minutes at a, t at a time, I'm just kind of like, yeah, I've had enough of this for now. And then maybe a week later, I'll come back to it and play some more. But yeah, I mean, the the, the percentage of my time that I spend doing Doom World stuff versus actually playing Doom is like 90% to 10%, if not more. So I try to play most of the CAC Award winners at least a little bit. I mean, it, it is CAC Award, right? Because I always thought it was CAC Award. Well, I, I did too when I was... I was much younger. Hang on. It's it's Kako. Just is it? Yeah. Oh, is that is is that the official nomenclature? Uh, that's that's just how people pronounce Kako. Damon, I assumed it was a. No, I wanted to say cake as well because it would seem suitably you know celebratory, right. with the birthday and whatever. But yeah, that's that's it. But I mean, you must have because you returned. There was a notable absence. I mean, you yeah. returned. I think what was it two three years ago? So I mean, was that just? Uh, my original absence was way back in two thousand. Four, I think it was like early 2004 was when I wrote a kind of long and overwrought like goodbye message on the Doom World forums, and it's still there somewhere if you go back and find it. Wow! And it's basically and it's basically me saying like, oh, I have to step back from Doom World and thank you to all these people, blah 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 blah. And that at the time that was because I was in my like last year of college, and. Uh, you know, it was taking up way too much of my time to do stuff. And so after that, I, I stepped back for a while, but I was still on. I mean, I, I didn't go anywhere. I was still online and I would still visit the site. And so I, I just ended up kind of continuing to do stuff in a more you know unofficial capacity, I guess you could say. 
like I still had all of the passwords and everything. So, <laughs> so it wasn't as if like I had handed in my keys or something, anything like that. And so from about then until about 2007, I was still kind of acting as the administrator, although not officially necessarily. And then 2007, I uh, went back to school and I said, okay, well, I actually need to focus on this. And so I basically stopped visiting the site almost entirely. I didn't, you know, pay attention to anything that was going on. Like, you know, maybe once every six months, I'd check it out. And that continued until I guess it was like mid 2014. And I don't really remember what, if anything, was the reason that I came back and started looking at it again, but just uh, somehow it re-sparked my interest. And so in mid 2014, I came back and started, you know, reading all the stuff and posting and all that sort of thing. And it was funny because at that time, you know, the site had been under the uh, thumb of Bloodshedder for years, right? Right. And I and I no longer had any passwords. I was still okay. I was still an administrator on the forum, but I didn't have passwords for the password protected directories or to sign on to the server or any of that sort of thing. So I couldn't like do anything for the site anymore. And it was kind of a surreal experience because I didn't want to just like message Bloodshedder and be like, hey, give me all the passwords again. I want to start doing stuff because, you know, it's like I had been away for seven years. Like, who am I to say this sort of thing? And so I basically just kept posting and kept talking about doing minor things until he finally like just kind of relented and gave them to me without me <laughs> having to like, without me having to like demand them. So yeah. Anyway. So after that, I just kind of worked my way back into, you know, updating the site and like fixing, you know, issues in the uh, forum code and that sort of thing. And then of course in, what was that 2015, I guess when, Telefragged decided to, you know, shut down operations and we were going to be uh, homeless. And so that was when it really came to a head because then it was like, you know, July of 2015 and Marv from Telefragged was saying, yeah, like next month is shutting down. So you need to do something like now. And I was talking to Bloodshedder and stuff and, and Bloodshedder, I think was going on a vacation around that time. And so he couldn't necessarily be around to do everything. And I was just like, well, hell of it. I'm just going to, you know, buy a, uh, a, you know, server, a virtual server and just start setting stuff up. And if that's okay with you guys, then we can just switch it over there. And, you know, no one, you know, everyone seemed to be fine with it. And so I kind of set up a new server with all the, you know, the PHP and Apache and all, and all the stuff you need to run a website and started like copying over the, the, databases and you know effectively owned Doomworld after that and not because I had intended it that way it's just kind of how it happened with the uh, bomb dropped on us that we suddenly had to you know go into business for ourselves as opposed to being just hosted on the telefrag servers like we had since 1998 and that was great for us because you know, we just basically Marv, who's the ad, the admin of Telefract, basically just said, "Okay, well, here's your web space. You know, you have this, you have you know a website you can do stuff with, and then we could just you know do stuff and not have to worry about the server or the CPU usage or the bandwidth or any of that stuff, right?" 
but and so that was that was great. But then the downside, of course, is that we couldn't change anything about it. Like we couldn't, uh, you know, add a feature to Apache or directly upgrade our PHP version or things like that. And there was uh, one instance, like while I was gone in you know 2012 or something, where Telefragged updated the PHP version and it broke a ton of things on Doomworld. And I remember Bloodshedder, like one of the times when I actually logged in was when Bloodshedder was having to go through and like fix all these, you know, 10 year old PHP scripts because they had all broken in this update that had just been foisted on the site with no warning or anything. And, you know, and broke the, all the uploads and various things. I mean, I, I wasn't around, so I can't, go down the list of everything but you know those sorts of things were always a little bit of like uh those were always a little bit of an issue and there had been times even early on like back in you know 2001 or, or around then where we had tossed around the idea of like going independent and and setting up our own server so that we'd have control over everything about it and we'd even you know gone to the length of talking about alternate domain names and that sort of thing but you know it never really it, it never got bad enough that we decided we something we had to do. Isn't that still on the question, the domain name? You're thinking about changing from... Oh, w, no, that's... W, w, w. <laughs> it's, it, uh, it is still under question because I don't own doomworld.com. And I'm not. I'm actually not entirely sure who does. Because it's still owned by wow. the, the Telefragged LLC or whatever. And so I've tried to get in touch again with Marv, the administrator, but he keeps a pretty low profile online nowadays. And so I think it might actually be in the control of another guy who was like the business and development guy for Telefragged, but I haven't really been able to get in touch with him either. And it the current registration expires like next January. So at some point in the next few months, I really should figure out, yeah, figure out how to take ownership of it because that would be just about the stupidest way for Doomroll to die would be that some, <laughs> someone, you know, poaches a domain name out from under us and, oh, well, I guess we're done. So, yeah, so hopefully that doesn't come to pass because that would be uh, pretty uh, ignoble. And while we're here talking about ownership, uh, I noticed in a, a response you made to a status update recently that we are... You want to remain unaffiliated with the Doomworld Facebook page, <laughs> which we don't have any ownership over. Is that correct? Yeah, well, uh, there is a Doomworld Facebook because you know anyone can make a group about anything on Facebook, right? Right. And it's not it's not as if Doomworld has a presence on Facebook at all. And so, uh, I believe it was uh, Glace on the forums. I can't remember offhand. Uh, several Mr. years Chris. ago, uh, was yes, it? Mr. Yeah, well, it was someone who just you know started a Facebook group on uh, Facebook called you know Doomworld group or something like that and because it's facebook you know it has thousands of members at this point because you know so many people are on facebook and there have been or there have been times and i haven't looked at it in quite a while now but there were times in the past where i i would go and look at it and it would just be filled with the most just you know horrible gamergate-esque just mean <laughs> trash and yeah, and so eventually I was like, you know, man, at least say it's like unofficial or like not like the Doomworld group because there were people who would 
say stuff like, oh yeah, I do more what I wanted to register there, but their Facebook group had all this horrible stuff on it. And it's just like, uh, you know, I can't stop it, but at the same time, I don't want to like, you know, promote it. Well, we can't stop it, but at the same time, I mean, it plainly has some degree of influence. Maybe it's worth just infiltrating, just to sort of... Uh, I, I think actually Bloodshedder is an admin on the Facebook group, but he just but he just never uses Facebook and doesn't really, you know... I mean, yeah, I haven't looked at it in months at this point, so I just try to not think about it. One thing you brought up about how you actually don't play that much Doom, and I found that really interesting, because uh, that kind of brings up Doom World's longevity because um, it is kind of the premier Doom community and is kind of responsible mm. for Doom being um, such a long-lived thing as it is on the community side. And I wanted to ask you if you think that your kind of laissez-faire approach to Doom and not being really involved with it actually helped the community grow because you weren't really there, you know, with your personal preferences of what you think Doom is over-influencing the community. Um... I okay well I can split that into a couple a couple of parts cuz no I don't think that not playing Doom in any way made my running Doom World better cuz like uh for, like I we, we all know that Doom World has certain associations with it in the Doom community like oh it's all the vanilla purists and they just want their boom compatible you know demo you know, megawads and they all hate Z doom and uh, that all, you know, all that, all that stuff that gets bandied around. And that, and I honestly don't really know where any of that came from because it's not something that I ever tried to promote or to, you know, have specifically grow. And I have wondered in the past, like, well, why don't more people talk about gameplay mods you know, like, you know, because it, it does seem to be a real thing, but I was kind of baffled at where it came from. And I'm, I assume it came just kind of organically, but how is kind of beyond me. But uh, to go back to your question, I do think, however, that ha like not, not being overly passionate about Doom is good for running a website about it. And without naming any names, I'll just say that it's certainly possible to be so invested in something on your site that you immediately shut down discussion of anything that goes against it. And that's not something that I ever wanted to do or ever hoped to do. And so, I, you know, so not not playing Doom that much gives me a little bit of distance, and I think that distance is good for kind of being more objective about moderation and what is okay and what isn't okay and what should be encouraged. So I don't know if that answers your question at all, but no, it it's does. a thought. That's, that's <laughs> exactly what I was asking. You answered it. Right. right. I mean, I, I suspect that it would, uh, from where I'm standing at least, I can't imagine any figurehead in, in, in the community who would go like hammer and tongs at something like InstaDoom. Uh, kind of the sort of promotion that it did, uh, unless you're, I don't know, because I I agree with with you when when you're talking about you know the sort of mold that Doom World has settled into with regards to how it approaches its its interests quite specifically versus all the other corners of the community and stuff like that, and and it's quite easy to get sucked into that for, from someone who's on sitting on the outside, focusing more or less just you know how does how can you promote the image 
of the website. And is that the mentality that you approached uh, that that you ha had in mind when you were creating InstaDoom? Was it was it was it, it, it well? Plenty wasn't just for the people within the community, right? I mean, oh the, no, it, shared as much. It, it absolutely was just for people within the community. Really? Okay, I'll, wow. I'll tell you. Okay, I will tell you exactly how it happened because um, I was looking at the uh, the pictures thread like uh, in the in January of 2014, I guess it would have been, and someone had posted a screenshot of something they were working on, and it was like a level that had like a custom like purplish palette to it or something like that. And I made a post to the uh, I made a post to the effect of like, oh, it looks like you applied an Instagram filter to that. And then like immediately after I posted that, I kind of thought to myself, like, wait a minute, I bet you actually could recreate the Instagram filters in the Doom, like in custom Doom palettes. And somehow like immediately, like immediately when I thought that, I realized that one, it was actually a good idea. And two, it was something I was going to do. And so I actually went and deleted my own post <laughs> mentioning, oh, it looks like an Instagram filter because I realized that I actually wanted to do it. I didn't want to give anyone else the idea. And so uh, I just kind of went through this whole rigmarole to kind of get uh, the different Instagram filters and make uh, you know Doom palettes for them. And at some point in the process, I, it just kind of occurred to me like, okay, so you're putting filters on you know Doom. And like, so what else can I do with that? And I kind of like, well, people like, oh, well, people won't you know, take selfies on the Instagram line. And I, and, and again, I, I instantly realized, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the doom guy from the end of episode three, when he's standing there holding the, the bunny head, and I'm going to edit it so that the doom guy's holding a selfie stick and I'm going to make it the, uh, a, a, a HUD sprite. And then you're gonna play it, and you're gonna take a selfie of yourself. And so, on, so it was almost as if like it just kind of popped out of my head, fully formed, and then I just had to like you know do it. And when I and when I uh, released it, I I released it literally with the intention of winning winning the mock award that year for the CAC awards. Wow, that was that was why I released it. it was okay. I'm gonna release this, and it's going to be so clever that no one's gonna be able to top it this year. I'm gonna win the, the mock award. And then I like woke up, this is like in the middle of February after I released it on like a Saturday afternoon. And I woke up on like Sunday morning and I went to the forum and looked at it and it said like, you know, current guests, like 9,500. <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, wait, wait a minute. What is this? And it turned out that somehow someone on the Huffington Post, a reporter had found it and written a story about it. And from there, you know, filtered onto basically every game site and many non-game sites I could think of and became this whole flash-in-the-pan phenomenon. And I don't know how that happened or if I could ever repeat it even if I wanted to, but it certainly wasn't something I was expecting, although I wasn't, like, sad that it happened. So it was right. unusual, at least. I mean, it, it sets the mind a buzz, though. From I mean... You say flash in the pan, but at the same time, we're also seeing like other spikes of sudden interest. And there's that uh, deathmatch video that was put out recently where everyone's trying to put their heads together as to how that managed to accrue 
what is it now, like well over a hundred thousand views for what it's essentially just. So it's just uh, right. a guy commenting, right? I mean, yeah. what's going on there? Well, that one, um, I actually was wearing the same thing, and I looked at the uh, the day by day uh, like hit trend meter that's attached to the video. And you can see it's just kind of like slowly creeping up. And then one day suddenly, oh, 100,000 views. And then the next day, you know, back down to whatever is normal. And so I think that was just like some YouTube algorithm just decided it liked it and showed it to a ton of people for one day. And and so it's a little different because that's, that's the sort of thing where it – it happened literally because an algorithm made it happen <laughs> and not even because like anyone was really cause, like, cause my initial thought when I saw that it had a hundred thousand views was like, oh, okay. So it must've been like on Polygon and Kotaku and PC gamer and whatever other websites usually have these sorts of things, but it wasn't on any of them. So was, I, so that was funny. Cause that was literally just like Google deciding to make this popular today. I mean, it's in a sense, this is kind of disenchanting because I, I was imagining a greater level of, of connect, like consciously between you doing these projects and then and, and, and trying to bolster Doom World status or something like that, this giant mastermind. <laughs> uh, uh, but continuing along the same lines in a way, I, I'm, this is not exactly a hot topic on Doom World. It's not very often discussed. Well, we do joke about flashing the name every now and then, but we sort of talk about something like Brutal Doom. Now, we have this, this uh, Doom World Megawad Club thing that's been going on by Dobu Gabby Mary for... I think it's four years now, something to that mm -hmm. effect. And uh, and you've been chiming in every now and then saying, guys, Brutal Doom Starter Pack is all the rage uh, outside our little bubble world. Maybe we should, you know, knuckle down and see what that's all about. Is that uh, see, th in my mind, that strikes me as okay. He's trying to <laughs> he's trying he's trying to square Doom World with with you know the, the reality of how po the popularity of certain things outside where we are uh that's plainly not your line of thinking is you, you just is that a sort of mini troll attempt on the, on the forums well okay uh well before i answer i just want to i i want to mention the the megawad club as as it's one of those things that um it started when i was you know not around so i came back right. and i saw that people were like oh every month they're playing a megawad and talking about it and i thought like wow this is like really cool because this is something that i i think is one of like the best ongoing things on the forums and it was really nice to like basically have no knowledge of it and come back and see that this thing has just kind of sprung up and i can go back and read all these old threads about it and people are like really like into it so so anyway so i love those threads i hope they go on forever or at least until they run out of megawads i guess but uh to your question specifically yeah no i do every so often chime in that they should play the uh, Brutal Doom Megawad. And I'm not I'm not saying it as any sort of uh, hope of bridging the divide <laughs> between Doom World and uh, the Brutal Doom fan base, but um, I honestly think they should play it because it is a Megawad, and it is something a lot of people have played, and it is going to be the you know experience that a lot of people are, are going to have playing a custom doom megawad because you know there's lots of people who are never going to you know come across kama sutra or anything but you know they'll download brutal doom and it's going to have this level set and they'll play through it and so i just think that it's a good idea in general to to play something that is popular even if it's not popular among you know the little doom world you know sub you know portion of the community of the right, community. I mean you have to lay the groundwork 
first surely you know to get people to play the damn mod because it, it needs to be played with brutal doom and yet we've identified that you know so many people in the community particularly those within you know playing the the doom world uh megawatt club they're not they're they're averse to to touching any sort of mod oh well i know i will continue to to lobby for brutal doom and the brutal doom megawatt to be played by the megawatt club and uh yeah and another another aspect of it is that a lot of my favorite ideas are things that are both a troll, but are at the same time actually a good idea. That's one of my favorite uh, combinations you can come across. It definitely is a is trolling to say that that you know every month, hey, you guys should play Brutal Doom. Why don't you play Brutal Doom? But it's trolling. But it wouldn't be bad if they did it. It would be good. You know, I still think it would be good if they did it, even if it's a little tongue in cheek in the process. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's all about broadening horizons because there's there's a lot of people. You know, you brought up earlier the uh, the vanilla curmudgeonless label that gets thrown around on Doom World that unfortunately is kind of true. Um, that simply out of principle won't play certain it doesn't things. Doesn't have and to be that way though, Townsman. It doesn't. It doesn't have to be that way. But um, um, with the brutal Doom starter pack, you know, that's kind of you know, people should get outside of their comfort zone because there are a lot of people who um, Brutal Doom has been so far removed from the initial Brutal Doom controversy and all that that have just never played it simply on principle. And it's kind of... Yeah, it's turned into an inverse classic in the same way that, you know, someone doesn't play or doesn't read a book that is considered to be classic, but they know it's good. They call it good even though it's the inverse of the Brutal Doom. Maybe it just needs right. dispelling, you know, maybe, may, or maybe it could be the opposite. Maybe this turns out to be like a vaccine and then <laughs> just become inoculated to it. <laughs> Although, bit um, of I, Although I do, I do think that the, uh, the official campaign is still not actually even considered finished. Although I'm not really sure anymore, but because I know it came out like couple of years ago at this point it seems like but he continues yeah. but but sergeant mark keeps saying that you know he's going to keep uh tweaking it and polishing it and adding to it so i don't know if it is actually done at this point or if it's still you know is at 0.8 or something like that but i but if it ever becomes finalized i'm going to lean on them to actually play it because i think it deserves to be played i think it will eventually that'll have to buckle under the weight of uh, superiority and your officiousness. <laughs> although, although I mean, uh, I mean, I would never actually like force them to play something because I mean, like, who am I to tell you, you know you guys what to play? Did, but man, I'm not. I've I've seen the number of just idle likes that that some of your trivial comments <laughs> get something. Well, I think I think they'd be prepared to. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I am I'm prepared to like continue suggesting it and and if and you know and if my position has any influence you know i can't help that i'm i'm allowed to suggest things so you know you know but but i i certainly wouldn't like say to say to uh him like oh you know you're gonna do it next month or or it's all over for you mister or anything like that <laughs> so hopefully one day so um Let's talk about the update specifically, the sort of features that have been brought along with the software. So what what comes packaged with the software that is like distinct from the sort of features that you've deliberately introduced with the update? So I'm thinking about things like the making it more like a Facebook page, for example, with all the status updates and everything. Is that just does that just come as, as one of the bulk features with with this update, or is that something you deliberately deliberately pined for? Um well kind of 
half and half. I mean, okay, so everything that's currently on Doom World is more or less a default feature that's in this uh, Envision Power Suite. Or they, they, I think right. they changed the name to Envision Community now or something like that. But uh, nothing, okay, so nothing that's on the site today is like particularly custom. Like it's customized, but they're all based off stuff that's just in this uh, commercial software package. But uh, with, going along with that though, the reason I bought this commercial software package is because it had a lot of these things that I wanted to add. Like I, I wanted to have more social features like being able to like posts and ha and have a uh, kind of a more Twitter or Facebook-esque like a status wall type thing as opposed to the uh, classic blog forum that we all knew and loved, which was just a forum that was hidden and we called it the blog forum and then, you know, <laughs> just treat it like that. But uh, well, most it was the, hidden for a good reason. Yeah. Oh well, no, I I, I don't disagree with that. But uh, but uh, and yeah, I, and I've kind of gone back and forth on the status updates because uh, you know, because currently the, on on the main front page, they're just kind of there on the side, and you can see them all the time. And that was on purpose because I wanted kind of people to see that there was the social aspect of it. But then a lot of the more inane things people would post that would show up on the front page made me think like, you know, do I really want to have this just exposed <laughs> like that? And even now I still go, still go back and forth on just how, how much I imp appreciate the feature or if I want to keep it front and center the way it is. But overall, I think it's been a good thing. But, uh, what about the the like system, the reputation system in particular? What was the what was the thinking there? I mean, a, a few things in particular have received backlash. Some of them are a bit dumb. Like we can talk about post hell, and we can put that matter to bed pretty specifically. Uh, yeah. <laughs> post hell. <laughs> okay. Well, well okay. Uh, I mean, if I can pull back a little bit, I want to talk oh, about sure. what I, what my uh, what why I changed the software at all, and what I wanted to do with it. Right. Is that a so? As it was prior to you know this March, uh, Doom World the forums was V Bulletin 2.2.5, which was originally released in 2002, I believe, <laughs> and uh, had served us well enough. But it was you know 15 years old, and even in 2002, it wasn't the most well coded program, and so it was it was just any time that we wanted to change or fix something. You know, we were confronted with just this big ball of ancient PHP code where you could kind of get things to work, but but like everything was done the wrong way. And something like, you know, the part that you like the part of the code that would allow you to actually like change a uh a BB code uh you know shortcut or something. Like there would be four different files because there would be a separate one for making a new thread or making a post in a thread or editing a post, you know, and they, and they would all be in separate files and you have to go through and change them all separately because it wasn't like it wasn't coded particularly well. And so that was a big part was just wanting to get some software that was actually like better and like more modern and professionally done. And the other big thing I wanted to change is that, uh, you know, the Doom World forums 
were a big were basically most of Doom World. Then, they, but then the other big part of Doom World was the id games database, and that and that was written uh, by me originally in two thousand three two thousand four, basically in one day, and I just kind of slapped together. The, these scripts that would download stuff from the game's archive and would just kind of throw it into these, you know, crappy pages and let you, like, you know, review stuff and that sort of thing. And I had always kind of thought, like, you know, it's really silly that we have the forums and we have the games uh, database, which are kind of the two main pillars of why people come to Doom World. And they are completely separate, incompatible systems where, but we had done like minor things like kind of a hack that would let you use your forum username and password in the games database to comment on stuff. But that was, you know, very ugly, you know, code that was, you know, separate to both of those already. And I kind of thought, well, it'd be really nice if I could just combine them and just have everything running under one, you know, software regime, basically. Mm. And so that was one of the big reasons I chose the particular software I did is because it actually had a dedicated like file management and download uh, suite built into it. And I thought, oh, great. So I can just like re-implement the games database in the same software that the forms are already going to be in and it'll all just work together and it'll be great. And obviously that didn't work out as well as I was hoping. And so the whole thing is kind of on hold. And currently the uh, old Gittins database was, you know, pressed back into service and is still there for now. It's still being predominantly but, used. Yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah. cold name well, legacy. Yeah. It's, it's a legacy, but at you know, one day I will go back and fix all the stuff that, what that, wasn't good enough in the beta, let's say, version of the new it games database, and it will be switched over, and it'll be much nicer for me and everyone else when that finally happens. But uh, anyway, yeah. So to go back to the the likes, that was just something that was in you know it's in the software, and I just thought, well, you know, it's nice to be able to tell someone you liked things, and there actually were several options for how to enable it. Like you could turn it off entirely, or you could have uh, like kind of a, a thumbs up, thumbs down, or just a like, you know, and, and immediately I threw out the window the idea of having like a thumbs down feature because that would be uh, abused to hell yeah, and well, back. There's, there's enough history, I think, with, with developments and other communities to suggest that things decay pretty quickly once you introduce that. Right. And so I thought, okay, so I'll just uh, add, uh, you know, thumbs up. People can say they like things. And who can possibly uh, argue with that? I mean, there's nothing wrong with liking things. And so I just turned it on and figured it wouldn't be a big deal. But then, yeah, and then people were, well, not not everyone, obviously, but there was a small section of people who were resistant to the change, I guess I should say. But I think they've mostly come around to it or at least kind of made their peace with it. I think the transition. No, I'm seems still to be... plotting my uh, my my <laughs> overthrow of Doom World to bring back the wonderful Spartan uh, <laughs> aspect of the old one. Also, uh, every thread will just be post hell. Like that's all that Doom World will be. It's gonna just be engulfed nice. in flames. And yeah, you, yeah, your, your choice of Rita Bogus Ellen. Okay. Yeah, and, and, and I guess I'll I guess I'll mention post hell as well because that's the other thing people just just kill that darling. Yeah. Well, no, <sighs> okay, because the the only the reason that post hell ever existed was because when I originally uh, set up the New World forums, 
I was also a poster on the Something Awful forums, and they had a forum called the Comedy Gas Chamber, which is which was a specially colored custom forum where posts would be moved when they were declared to be bad. And it had like special like overlay graphics and sounds. And you could go there and read all the bad threads. And so when I was making the Doom World forums, I thought, oh, I'll just make uh, my own gas chamber, but I'll call it post hell because it's like Doom, you know? And uh, <laughs> so it wasn't like it was a, a considered decision to ever actually start having it. And to have like just kind of a forum devoted to all the bad posts, it was just like, oh, I'll just do it because of something awful forums did it. And it, and it never occurred to me at the time that it would ever become like a destination to go to because you like wanted to see the bad posts. And apparently it ended up being like that where people like enjoyed browsing all the bad posts. And you know, for a long time, I was mostly fine with that. But then, but in the past, in the past couple years, maybe I've just gotten softer in my old age, or maybe the internet, you know, uh, discourse has gotten more consistently negative. But it just started rubbing me the wrong way more and more. The idea of of having basically a forum that existed to show off the worst posts in that forum. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I'm thinking whether the immediacy that's offered by the new software when it comes to status updates and stuff like that feeds into a certain kind of bad thread of the sort that you just want to immediately delete rather than shovel off to somewhere to be observed, you know, uh, because everyone's actually had time to think about what they're going to post and, and not. <laughs> well, <laughs> treat it like that, that's also, that's also uh, somewhat another reason for it was that. Um, in the early days, you know, most of the threads, because okay, in the early days, there wasn't a lot of, uh, let's say there wasn't a lot of variety among the user base of Doomworld. And so even the threads that went sour, it was mostly just over people being like stupid or being incom incomprehensible, like the, the classic, the bald shit snakes one, or, you know, that's, that's sort of a weird thing, right? And but in recent years, it was more and more that like bad threads weren't just like, wow, this is really stupid. It was like, wow, this is like vicious and like being like profoundly like hurtful. And for those sorts of there was there are quite a few threads even before we changed the, the software where we didn't move them post hill, we just deleted them entirely because it's like, well, the stuff that's in here is like so like is so nasty that we don't want to keep it around at all. And so when you're at the point when you have to decide which of two deletion systems to use, it's like, well, why not just, you know, like, why are you even bothering keeping any of the posts at that point? It's just like, okay, so either there's a bad thread or a really bad thread. It's like, why, why are we, you know, why are we having to take the time to consider that and if we should preserve it or not? Let's just, you know, get rid of them all. See, that's, that's a rational, sane response to that. But I'm gonna counter with Little Temple. <laughs> no, no, Just, I, I think that's gone. that's why. Is gone. Yeah, I know, but that's that's why I think people kind of um were so like adamant about the loss of something like that is because there is a lot of legacy with Doom World. You know, um, it's it's been going on for so long, and there have been certain things that have been just mind-boggling instances in Doom World history. Uh. Like for example, little temple thing, or um, 
Yeah, wow. I think I was actually I was gone when that originally happened. So I, I only ever heard about it secondhand. And that was that was true <laughs> <or> something. <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, like, so I, I did go back and look at I guess it was probably a post held thread about it. So it, so I, I'm kind of undercutting my own argument here by saying that I learned about history by looking at post hell. But uh, I, I'm okay with that. I'm <laughs> okay with that. Uh, well, well, no, 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 no. It's, it's, yeah, that is hell. Little Temple is simply a dead thread. It hasn't gone oh, anywhere. It? Oh, is it? Yeah, it's is not it? in post hell. Oh, oh. Well, I, I guess I, I guess I forget my own site. But uh, but but there are definitely other quote unquote historical threads that were post hell that now you can't see anymore. And I, and I and I understand that. But then this but but then kind of the only solution would be like like some sort of archae like, like like some sort of process of going back through all of post hell and mm. like resurrecting the ones that are historically notable. And I mean, it, you know, I, I I'm sure you could find someone. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't really. necessarily be opposed to that, but it's just like I'm not going to do it. So maybe we have a job for uh, for Busy's rack after all. Yes, yeah. there we go. Because uh, I, I will say that okay, post hell isn't gone. I mean, it's still there. It's just hidden, so no one can see it. So it's not as if anything's been deleted, and it could come back if for some reason I change my mind. But I won't. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> until, until the thread that needs to be post held happens. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these things become legendary or appear so you know in hindsight, some several months after it's down the track, and then, as I think Memphis posted on one occasion, sometimes you know I go to bed, I want to wake up the next day, and I want to make sure there's a nice five-page catalog for me to read through for my you know to satisfy my drama interest, and it's like no, well, okay, <laughs> if you waited three months for everything to die down, then I maybe you know reading material like that, I can understand it, but uh, it, it's a constant sort of just source of angst otherwise <laughs> the immediacy that's true i mean and i i mean i i understand kind of the the exciting drama aspect of like when the thread is going bad and everyone everyone like piles in to watch it like uh as happened the other week with a certain uh mapper who decided to share his map and then decided to defend his map mm. and <laughs> if I'm not sure you remember who I'm talking about, but oh, I was there at the, the oh uh, yeah the origin well, yeah. Uh, yeah but but uh and so I, I understand people wanting to like come and see the train wreck as is happening, but at the same time like you know it, it's a train wreck and it's not something that you are going to want to promote in your community if you want it to be like a nice place to be, which is which is honestly like. You were asking about promoting Doom World, and if I did into Doom for that or anything like that, like, like I, I've never promoted Doom World in any sort of like modern kind of social media manager type thing where I have like a, you know, where I actually have a plan about it. Like I just want it to continue, and I want people to just find it and like, and if they enjoy posting, that it's like a nice place to go and. You know, it's, it's interesting to read about Doom stuff and talk about the Doom stuff, and you know, hopefully, it continues that way. And that's basically my, you know, that's all I, that's all I want for it. And this serves as a pretty good segue, I think, into a sort of end stage of a discussion here and talking about where we see the website in the future, but also the community at large. Uh, do you frequent other uh, sites like? <laughs> Uh, 4chan, for example, the the VR community, um, which uh, since we're talking about instantaneousness, I mean, there's that. Uh, or the Zedium forums, for example. Do you um, do you keep track of their developments? Uh, if not for the content, the way that their 
individual communities are managed in such a way that you think, okay, maybe Doomworld could, you know, operate in such a way as to be distinct in this way, and so for everyone's benefit, that sort of thing. Because um, I think you have been keeping an eye on VR every now and then. <laughs> no, I um, I do look at most every other Doom community that's out there, at least ones that I'm aware of, and uh, not I mean, and not like out of any sort of uh, competition interests or anything like that, but just to like because I am I just like to see what's going on. And there are a lot of people who, you know, post on v, the VR thread that you know don't post on Doom World, and so I just like to kind of see like what people are talking about and what's going on. And I, like for instance, like I know in the VR thread, there's lots of times when people post uh, their little WebM videos of like stupid, like a uh, gameplay mod stuff they're they're experimenting with. Like oh this weapon thing where you you know throw a thing and it blows up or whatever, and that's the sort of thing that you know I I would never see on Doom World because people don't talk about Z, Z Doom mods on Doom World, but you know it's, I still enjoy seeing people experimenting with it, so it's nice to go there and see that sort of thing. Right at the same time that it's almost like they're an untapped uh, well of potential you know new people coming into the community and such because a lot of these guys have been you know I, I've, been, I've been catching when i do go into vr um <laughs> saying you know I, I would like to they're deciding which community to join uh between doomworld and, and zdf um like they're caught between two places they want to join but they're sort of hanging out in that limbo of vr as a sort of uh, stepping stone to that uh and it's easy to look to not look past the, the filter that is that is 4chan, basically, and, and just sort of disregard half the people on that side because they seem to be a lot more vulgar than they actually probably are in real life because that's the way it operates, I understand. Uh, I'm painting myself as an ignoramus here. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, am, I encourage anyone to register on Doom World who is actually interested in talking about Doom, basically. <laughs> like, cause, uh, and can, uh, you know, rise to a certain minimal level of uh politeness i guess but but i think i think a lot of people on 4chan are just kind of opposed to the idea of you know registering on a forum and having the you know username and all that sort of thing because you know the whole anonymity aspect of 4chan i think a lot of people really value that and i you know and i can't change that or really do anything about it i mean all i can do is just continuing to make Doom World just like a seem like a decent place to chat about Doom, and hope that people find it and are compelled to contribute. Do you give much thought to to where you see Doom World or the game at large in about five ten years time? Or are you always focusing on the now? Um, well, I mean, you know, if you would ask me ten years ago where it would be today i'd say well probably shut down at this point because who's going to care about doom in another 10 years and they're actually and that was actually something i genuinely thought was going to happen because prior to well i guess prior to doom 3 certainly but uh prior to like at about the mid 2000s like it, it definitely seemed like interest was kind of like you know it was waning like it was falling off slowly to steadily and kind of thought, okay, eventually it's going to fall off entirely. And then it's just, there's not going to be any point in, in keeping it up. But uh, it's very strange because even when you look at like kind of the, because I, I can look at kind of the long-term trends for Doom World from basically, you know, 2000 until today. And I can do that by looking at like post counts per month, that sort of thing. 
And around 2005 or 2006, it kind of hit its like nadir where like the interest was the lowest. And then it just kind of inexplicably just kind of started trending up a little mm. bit after that. And I, I have my own theories about like the, uh, the popularity of kind of retro gaming in general and kind of doom passing from just an old game to being like a quote unquote, like retro classic game. Yeah, and moving into a vintage space. That's always how I've seen it as well. It's like a reverse bell curve where, you know, the top or the bottom corresponds to its the the danger zone. And now it's seen as a sort of antique thing that it's actually almost cool to be a part of again. (laughs) Right. And so so now, yeah, so now I I honestly don't know what interest will be like in another five or ten years because it's, you know, it's already outlived my expectations tremendously. So <laughs> hopefully it will be around another 10 years time. And I don't see any reason why Doom World wouldn't also be around. And I do have ideas for things I'd like to do on Doom World to make it a more interesting place to visit. But most of them are in the just just idea phase. And so I won't go into details about them. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, speaking of making Doom World interesting, um, April agitation was kind of like a, a big thing there. Uh, that I'm I'm proud that I ultimately ended up shitting that up as much as humanly possible. Oh, dude, no, that was totally that was botched. <laughs> like what was that it, was, three yeah. three single vote victories in a row. I don't buy that for a second. Uh, yeah. Um, what uh, what was the reason like what what brought that about um because something like what the best level is in doom seems like something that uh um you know that far into doom's career would be pretty well like an established thing there wouldn't be much room for debate uh, it's kind of one of those like is doom 2 better than doom 1 discussions that's been beaten to the ground so much that you think you know it's 2015 w- what resurrected that <laughs> um I think just one day I just kind of had the idea because I was just kind of vaguely thought about the fact that there are, you know, 60 odd Doom and Doom 2 levels. And that's just, and it just kind of made me think, oh, you know, if you had 64 things and that would be a tournament. And so I just, it, it just kind of bounced around in my head for a while. And then, you know, it was, I guess, in one February or March when, you know, March Madness, you know, college basketball was approaching i kind of thought well you know i should just do it i should just because i can just make uh you know polls for it and put together a thread and so i basically just on as a whim decided to do it which turned out to be a lot more work than i was anticipating because i decided for whatever reason to write uh blurbs for every single level and i and, I, and, and then write new I, ones for every time it survived around as well that's insane yeah, and, and i and, and i uh I uh, got you into it, didn't Alfonso? That was you, right? I, I did a couple for you. Yeah, yeah no, well, well, well yeah, Alfonso is uh, giving himself too little credit here because he wrote about half of the uh, uh, the first round blurbs for levels over the course of over the course of a week or so. So, so he so he helped make it a reality. But it uh, it was just a stupid idea that I had had, and just kind of thought, well, <laughs> what the hell. Might as well do it. And I will say for the record that all of the votes were 100% real. And and I knew like and... by, the time it, by the time that like the third one had happened and it, and it was a one point victory for the third time in a row, I was like, no one's going to believe this. But, it's, but you know, like I, why 
Okay, first off, I don't particularly like E2 M2. <laughs> I, I wanted E3 M6 to win. That was what I was pulling for. And I, and I had already had a big... Okay, because what I wanted to do was I was going to write a big, stupid article for the finale, for the for the the final round, about how my pet theory is that that E three M six is secretly based on uh, Mist Island. Wow, do you <laughs> want to expand I, I, on that? No, just because that's interesting. No, that, that, we'll bring that back up. Yeah. Well, just... I, I'm not I'm not necessarily saying I even believe it, but but if you kind of look at the uh, the layout and the structures of E three M six and look at Mist Island. You can you can find little similarities if you want to, and so my plan was to write an article playing up those little similarities and also talk about the timeline because, you know, Mist came out on Mac in like uh, August, nineteen ninety three, and so Sandy Peterson could have played it immediately before starting working at id Software, and then E three M six was his very first map, and so why wouldn't he think about a recent 3D space he had just, you know, so I, I had a whole argument planned out for it. But then E2M2 had to just keep pulling out these stupid-ass one-point victories, and so I was denied my chance to write it, so. My God. That, that, that makes me shitting that up with E2M2 so much better. Like, like that retroactively makes me so happy I did that. <laughs> Did the Cradian even survive the software upgrade? Is it even on the top left? Uh, no, I mean, well, none of them are now because currently it's just a Cyberdemon because it doesn't change at all. Oh, that's just, right. and that's and that's just because I I haven't gone back and re-implemented the random miss thing. And I mean, I I will eventually, but what what I do, but that's also been put on hold because I do want to like actually remake the logo or have someone remake it so it's actually like proper like high DPI or whatever and probably remake the, the little masthead images so that they're higher res as well. So I'm putting it off until I can just kind of do all of that in one fell swoop. Okay. So I realize, I mean, we're probably approaching the time of the interview where it would be a good idea to draw to a close to keep it all snappy, but there are a couple of extra things uh, I'd like to ask you about here. Um, in particular, the Doom Movement Bible, um, because I, I had no idea that you would have such a, you know, a thorough knowledge of movement and doom. Was that something you investigated at the time, simply as a as a sort of momentary interest, or did you have this this existing um, sort of knowledge at the back of your head that you wanted to put to, to writing? Well, um, okay. So one of the reasons I came back actually in to Doom World was just at the time I had just been kind of screwing around with just programming stuff, and so one of the things I'd been doing was I had just read downloaded the doom source code and was just kind of messing around with it and uh compiling it and that sort of stuff and so that, that was part of the reason i came back to doom world is because i was thinking about doom at the time and after that i just kind of from time to time would kind of poke around in the doom source code and because i i just i would enjoy just kind of figuring out how weird stuff in there worked because it's funny but uh as as many people have done doom source ports and have written you know wiki articles and stuff there's still a significant number of things about the engine that no one ever bothered to like really nail down how it worked or why it worked that way and so at some point and i think it may actually have been over the an argument about what a glide was because you know in uh, doom speed running you know people talk about glides but gliding can be one of like four separate things. 
and there's all called glides because you know no one came up with better terms for it and i think it was when i was seeing something about different kinds of glides made me think like well you know like what are the different kinds and like how exactly do they work and that just kind of dragged me into like going through the entire like movement section of the source code which is bafflingly complex and like over designed and barely works as it is and and as as i was just kind of accumulating this knowledge i thought like well it seems stupid to just like figure all this stuff out and then just forget about it in you know a month and so i decided well i might as well write it all up so that anyone else who is interested can you know see it for themselves and i don't know if anyone actually has like you know benefited from that knowledge well, really I consulted it a couple of um a couple of days ago actually i was doing a, a level for um, one of jimmy's project is the joy of mapping enterprise and and uh, i had a scroller had a dummy sector with a scroll and i wanted to know if um if uh, uh, line skipping was possible at a certain pace from for, for a certain direction or something for a certain compatibility um uh, I didn't get the answer I wanted, but maybe that's just reading comprehension. <laughs> it seemed to work, well, so that was fun. So, uh, so, so it, uh, it it would have helped you, except that it ended up not actually helping you. But, but I guess <laughs> that's, right. it, but that's uh, better than nothing, I guess. It did it did help me in the sense that finding out that line skipping from south and west, I think it is, and north and east. Right, right. Yeah, I did find that. That's different- true two different things that that's the most doom thing possible like that the same break operates because of two different sets of conditions yeah and not to mention the fact that there's wall running which is normal on like a you know a a, a axis aligned wall but then you can also wall run on a you know non-axis aligned wall under very certain circumstances and which uses an entirely different like mechanism for making you go faster and so it's just these ab- these baffling things that, that you know kind of add up just being just a completely nonsensical like a movement scheme to a game that people have still managed to basically break over their knee at this point and and one other thing is that after i figured out the uh the elastic collisions bug which people had mentioned elastic i should just say that elastic collisions are a thing where when you're rubbing against certain surfaces suddenly you'll like bounce backwards for no apparent reason and people had like uh mentioned it like because people had noticed it like oh you know i get a little elastic collision here but no one had ever actually figured out why it happened and it was like a incredible odyssey of going through the you know 20 different functions at all, you know, called back to each other and built upon one another to figure out how it worked. And ever since I figured it out, now I am, whenever I do play Doom in like the, the vanilla engine, I am constantly getting elastic collisions. And every time it happens, I immediately like realize it happened and it bugs the living hell out of me <laughs> because I never really noticed before. But now that I know what it is, I'm suddenly experiencing it all the time. That's right. Yeah, it was a phenomenon. Just uh, just quickly, uh, lingwortles, you've been trying to get this this phrase termed, uh, hasn't really caught on. <laughs> um, this this was probably brought about at the same time that you had this, this surge of um, interest digging through the code and stuff. Um, I'm longing to see that actually used somewhere. How practical is that for use in a level? Or is it, does it require too much hackery? 
the way I was doing it, it was incredibly unpractical. Uh, it, I basically just, okay, because Lingordals, for those who maybe aren't familiar, were a weird um, hack that I, I figured out for the Doom engine where you could basically abuse the, uh, the, the BSP tree, the, the, the nodes that determine visibility and how stuff is drawn on the screen. And I figured out that you could basically abuse those to make things show up like in a way that they shouldn't and at a certain time but not other times. And yeah, so I, I made a thread where I just kind of did increasingly elaborate experiments with the concept. And it's possible that someone one day could make like, basically, you basically have to make a tool that handled all of the 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 BSP tree uh, fiddling you have to do like automatically, and maybe then it would be useful. But like even though like like you know, I was the one who was like researching it and I, I thought it up and was doing it, and even then like my last experiment, like I could feel my brain was at like the outer limits of what I could like keep in my mind at any time, like of, of like of complexity. So, I mean, it definitely gets too complex for a person to do on their own without like tool assistance, I should say. And I mean, it would be nice if someone would make a lingordal generator and you could probably do some neat things with it, but I'm not holding my breath. You know, I mean, not too dissimilar to how that Cornell box you made would like reach the Visplane overflow limit just about, <laughs> even though it was one <laughs> room with well, a bunch that, of. Uh... Yeah. Well, that was a uh, well, that Visplane limit thing was just a, a happy coincidence, I guess. But yeah, but the the yeah the uh, Cornell box well, that was another case of just a stupid idea I had, which was to because because it was because you know Doom twenty sixteen was released and people had talked to people were mentioning mega textures and you know all that stuff and it made me kind of think like oh it'd be it'd be neat if someone made a mega textured you know doom 2 level and that made me think like could i could i do that like because i'm not i'm not particularly artistically inclined so i wasn't going to go and like paint a whole level you know with uh custom textures all over but then it occurred to me that i had heard about the cornell box which is a extremely simplistic old thing that professor uh, scientists at Cornell invented to uh, originally it was to calibrate like uh, ray tracing renderers in the 1980s where they set up an actual physical box with an actual physical light and like stuff making shadows in it and then they like uh, used like a you know a high-end like photo sensor to like take very specific measurements of the surface of the light levels in the box and then try to make their own you know ray tracer that would exactly copy it right mm. so i thought yeah and so the the cornell box itself is just a stupid like you know square box with a square in it and, and i realized well that's exactly something you could do in the doom engine and so i thought well okay i'll just figure that out and just kind of made it just because i could and to see and to, and to see if i could and so that was a fun project i guess although it was it, it was a uh, slightly uh put on hold after uh sl fortium pointed out to me that okay well this is getting into a whole other can of worms but in the vanilla doom engine if you have uh different 
uh, flats on the floor and ceiling that are like different, uh, differently named, you know, different flats that are like put right next to each other on a flat surface. Like you'll get these weird, like kind of black lines between them. That's not something I've heard of. No, no. Completely. That's, uh, with that. It's it's um it's sixty four by sixty four. It's if um you have a flat that's uh, like the sixty four squares, like say the marble face and stuff. You know how those all fit together as sixty four sure. squares. Um, that you have you have some problems with the lines. Um, you ha- they actually have to be sw- like the flat itself, the part that the visual part has to be smaller than sixty four, and that's why um if you look like TNT two. I mean, I know you rarely ever work on TNT2 anymore, but um, if you actually look at the resource, we have those uh, those big teleporters, and you'll look at the, the four teleporter parts that make them up aren't actually 64 by 64. Like, obviously, the flat is 64, but but in terms of what you're using graphics-wise, it's actually 62 by 62. You got that black border around the one side so that when you line it all up, you actually make 124 by 124 square. And that's how you avoid those black lines. It's right. some really weird issue. Yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, E1M8, that final, uh, you know, the final demon pad you step on to teleport into the death room. Like, that's kind of the, I guess, as the, the common place to see it is where between the four flat textures, you you can use in most engines, you can see a little seam between them. Like they're not like seamlessly together. Anyway. And so then SO4GM told me that, that uh, she and others had discovered that if you put like a boundary around the flat, that it like minimizes that. And that's another thing I do want to actually uh, figure out how, why that happens. Cause I have no idea what causes it. And so that, and so fi- basically the uh, Cornell box wad was like completely finished. Like I was like going to just write the text file and upload it. And so 4 team said, well, you know, if you made the flats like smaller and like padded them in a certain way, it would minimize that uh, seam problem. And I was like, ah, oh, God. And so I ended up, I, I, so I literally, I literally remade the entire wad from scratch to, to make it like smaller so I could have these pads built in just because she, she had a, uh, suggested that to me so yeah <laughs> well i mean i mean she's the master of um updating things within sort of infinitely receding decimal points <laughs> one of the right. reasons back well, I mean, yeah, really... but, but but once i had actually finished redoing it all it, it didn't look better so i i guess it was worth it but <laughs> it's all worth oh, it yeah. i mean you, you describe them as stupid little things but uh I, I see them as diamonds in the rough and so i hope you continue to do stupid little things well, i mean well, we could talk you. forever about um sort of entryway was one that fascinated me as well i think um <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that completely blew my my mind. Uh, I think we discussed it for a little bit on, uh, on one of the intermission podcasts with Terminus. Uh, for anyone yeah. who's curious, I mean, again, like, as I say, we could talk about this forever. Um, uh, just thanks for so much for coming on. Uh, we finally managed to arrange this thing, or rather, yeah, I you were, finally you were welcome, again. Yeah. Very nice. I'm glad glad we finally uh, all managed to bump into a room together and get it done. <laughs> and have times <laughs> invade our space. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, well. See, if we were, if we were proper proper interview thing, we could you know actually have an interview with uh, Ling in a room. Since I think I'm like 45 minutes south of him. Um, well, not with Alfonso though. He has to <laughs> unfortunately live in Australia. So yeah. there's that. Yeah, that'd, that'd be a bit of a fight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, look, uh, I'll probably um I'll probably sit tight on this and wait until uh, WXR uploads the next one so I can usurp some. But. Uh... <laughs> 
but uh, otherwise uh, as soon as possible so thank you very much everyone uh to linguisa not linguica uh, and tarzman who uh who just dropped in the last Linguica. second yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't say that that's all i'm, I, I'm gonna say it till i die that's what it is <laughs> no, I, I i've i've made my piece with people calling it you know however they want very nice uh this has been doom radio with linguisa <laughs>